Welcome to episode two of Penny to the Pound, a podcast brought to you by Clear Start Accountancy and Budgeting Services. In episode one, I introduced you to my co-host and director of Clear Start, Fias Ashraf, and he talked about his journey and why the budgeting side of the business is so important to him. You know, we create awareness so everyone is aware, you know, what help is available to them out there and, you know, what channels they can go down to achieve their financial goals. Joining us in this episode is Ian. He is the insolvency practitioner for AFA and he's here to broaden our knowledge around the hot topic of IVAs. Penny to the Pound, a podcast by Clear Start Accountants and Personal Budgeting Services. Can you just explain to me what an IVA is? Well, an IVA, it's a basically it's a compromise between somebody who's in debt. First of all, they have to be insolvent, which means that uh, effectively they owe more than they own. And it's a way of uh, them reaching an agreement with the creditors over how they deal with the debt. So typically, if there are a number of options that people can go through, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously we talk, them, we, we, we take them through those options when we're talking to the client at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, the time-honoured way of dealing with, the, uh, with, with debt problems is bankruptcy. Probably you've probably heard of bankruptcy. Yeah, it always feels a bit scary and extreme. It is. Well, it's not really anymore. The, a lot of the stigma that used to be with bankruptcy has now gone. Mm. Um, couldn't you go to prison or something years ago? You used to, and in oh. fact, you could be in the 17th century. You could be hanged. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness oh, they wow. don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. It is. It is. Uh, there would be uh, the. I think there'd be an action group. There, yeah. There yeah. Would, there uh, would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sitting on roads everywhere, telling people to not do that. Wow. That's yes. incredible. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So now. So what people can do is they can spend six hundred and eighty pounds, file their own bankruptcy petition, and then they get they. Uh, that means that the the creditors can't take any legal action against them. I've got so many questions. £680, where do people get that money from? Well, that's one of the problems. Um, there, is the, there is a well-known saying, you can't afford to go bankrupt. Yeah. And uh, the, you know, a lot of people find that situation. Also, if they have any, uh, any meaningful assets. Like a house. Like a house. If they've got an equity in the house, that goes into the bankruptcy, gets sold, the creditors get paid. Uh, it's also a very expensive process as well. Um, is, the, is the legislation around bankruptcy quite old as well? Um, the vast majority of, uh, uh, of of insolvency law is relating to the Insolvency Act 1986. Right. Uh, but bankruptcy goes back to oh, the 18th century. Wow! So it's uh, that that's been the uh, you know that's been the time honoured way of uh, of dealing with it over the years. Um, in 2009, um, they then came, the government came up with uh, what's called a debt relief order, um, which you could call it a mini bankruptcy. It's for people who can't afford to uh, to, to to pay the uh, the bankruptcy fee, because currently, if your disposable income is less than seventy five pounds per month, your debts are less than thirty thousand pounds. And you've got no assets, or the assets are uh, two thousand pounds or less, then you can mm. actually do a what's called a debt relief order, which we in the trade know as a DRO, 
um, and that costs you £90. It's a one-off payment, and you also don't pay anything into the bankruptcy, into the uh, debt relief order. Okay. Um, again, both the DRO and the bankruptcy are run by the uh, official receiver in bankruptcy, who you may have heard of. Yeah. Yeah, he's a government official, um, and both of those, both bankruptcy and DRO, uh, you would go, you would be dealing with the official receiver. Okay. The DRO is uh, is a very good uh, way of dealing with debt. If you've got no assets to preserve, if your income isn't very high, so if it's less than seventy five pounds a month, is that's the surplus money you've got after paying all you like your rent and everything? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So it's a very that's a very good way of dealing with your debt, and it's quick. Um, you have to go to you can't just simply file a form you have to go and see an intermediary yeah or you have to talk to an intermediary there are um there are a number of firms um step change for example they'll yeah. they they do them the citizens advice bureau do them do you do them here no we don't but what we do is we uh we there is a another firm that does do these things that is an intermediary and uh, we can uh, we can sign post them there if need be and ultimately one of the things that you do do is an iva yes that's right, yes. So, Ian, what would you say are the benefits of an IVA? An IVA means an individual voluntary arrangement. Right. Okay? So it, it is something that is bespoke to the individual. Um, you can put in it, you can, you can put whatever conditions you want in it, although there are certain standard conditions that the, the creditors normally expect to see. Basically, what you do is, instead of your assets, introducing your assets like a pension scheme or house um you simply make voluntary contributions each month uh, it's not quite that simple because you introduce the amount of money or you pay each month the amount that you can realistically afford and then every 12 months uh your income and expenditure is reviewed right and if your income has gone up then your contributions have to go up so at all times you're having to pay in what you can afford Conversely, if your income has gone down, then we can look to reduce your contributions as well. Okay. So, Ian, you, you would say, so if somebody qualified for a DRO, a DRO would be a better solution than an IVA. So to qualify for a DRO, DRO they have to have less than £2,000 worth of assets, assets yes. have less than £30,000 in debt, yes, and have a disposable income of less than £75. That's correct, yes. Okay. Now, what about bankruptcy then? So, the, the, what what are the sort of benefits of going on, a, a getting bankrupt versus an IVA? Am I right to assume here, and what experience tells me, with an IVA, you can still hold your assets? Yes, you can. But with a bankruptcy, you have to release all the equity within now, correct? Yes, you do. Um, the other thing is also in a bankruptcy, um, if you do have a disposable income, you will have to pay that into the bankruptcy for three years. Got you. So, so you pay, so you may pay three years contributions. Whereas an IVA, you're, shall we say, you're 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 keeping out of the bankruptcy system. Yeah. But then, by convention, you'll be paying for five years rather than just the three years into into the bankruptcy. So there's a lot of taboo at the moment in, in regards to the fees involved in an IVA. Yes. So as we know, you know, there's a there's a documentary in regards to how insolvency practitioners or practices 
uh, are charging the fees. So an IVA, someone has £10,000 worth of debt. Yes. They have uh, £100 disposable income. Yes. Over the five years, it works out that they're paying £6,000 back. That's right. And at the end of the 60th month, the, the rest of the debt is the written debt off. Is, the debt is written off at that point, yes. Am I right to assume that the fees involved are within that £6,000 or on top of the 6000 No, they are within, within. the £6,000. Oh, wow, pounds. okay. They are, the, what happens is that the, effectively, unless, you, unless your contributions are enough to pay the creditors in full, the creditors have paid the fees. Okay. Because they, they allow us to deduct our fees from the contributions the client has made before we pay them. Sorry, I was just going to ask, there is a bit of controversial press about IVAs. Um, why is that? What do you think is the sort of, why have people got things against it? I, I can't get my head around that because ultimately it's to help people. Yes, it is to help people. Um, it's, also, it's also fair to say that most of the criticism of, um, of the IVAs are from people who don't do them. Uh, we don't and, need and, them. And, or, no, it's from organi- or most of the criticism comes from organisations that, you know, don't do them. Right. Uh, that don't do IVAs. They do something else. They are effectively competitors. In, in fairness, you know, you've got, to, uh, you've got to listen to what they say. There is the scope for... Uh, well, if, we, if you take the question of fees, now, standard fee for an IVA for five years' worth of work is £3,650. That's split into two bits, but I won't take you down that road. But if you could contrast that with a bankruptcy, the official receiver's administration fee is £6,000. Wow. So a very good reason not to go bankrupt is if you want to pay the creditors something. Because the official receiver, if you have got assets, the first £6,000 will go in settlement of his administration. Yeah. So... It's a way, and, and a DRO, if you have a disposable income of £75 and you don't pay anything to the creditors, so the creditors get nothing. So an IVA, one of the big, one of the purposes of an IVA is also to have a balance. The debtor makes his contributions and keeps his assets. Yeah. And the creditors get something. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, if you've got a credit card and you've spent, you know, money on it you may have bought a family holiday and you've enjoyed that uh, you know you what you've had out of it you've probably enjoyed and you know there there is a responsibility for you we've got to remember that you know things that we buy we do have a responsibility to pay for you know this isn't all about saying let's just not pay the creditors you yeah. know and, and and wave goodbye they're big corporations have got loads of money but they they you know they do need to be paid we need to take responsibility for things that we buy on credit cards don't we well, if, they, if, if everybody were to go bankrupt, if everybody who got a credit card would go bankrupt, um, nobody else could ever get any money. Right. Because, you know, the banks would simply, simply stop lending. And uh, so it's just, it's, just a, it's, it's keeping the economy going. And when it comes to all the IVAs in the country, the banks are recovering millions of pounds by way of dividends out of these IVAs. And so the banks are quite happy to see the IVAs, which is why um, we've agreed certain protocols with. And uh, so, so, you know, certainly if there are certain ingredients, that if an IVA proposal contains these ingredients, there's almost guaranteed acceptance. Yeah. So it's, it's one of these things that, uh, you know, it's, life is a two-way street, isn't it? 
Ian, um, one thing that puzzles me is, for example, a debt management plan. So if we go through the same scenarios yes. before, client has £10,000 worth of debt, can afford to pay £100 a month based on their disposable income. If somebody is on a debt management plan, they would have to pay 100% of that. Yes, that's uh, correct, yes. Of the debt, which is, and the interest and the charges are also not guaranteed to be frozen. No, I think, I think in, the majority of, in the majority of debt management plans now, I think the, the bulk of the creditors do freeze the interest. But you, there is the odd one or two that, uh, that, you know, who, that try who go against the grain. So versus an IVA then, where an IVA is 60 months, on a debt management plan, it could go for 10, 15 years, right? Yes, it could. So it's all based on if the client qualifies for an IVA or DRO or, yes. or bankruptcy. Yes, because it's an individual circumstance. Case by case basis. Yes. Case by case basis. And we have people in the past advised people that they should be doing a debt relief order. Mm-hmm. They do a DRO. Uh, they should do a DRO. But they want to do an IVA. Why do they want to do an IVA? Because from the very point that you made... You friended one. Pardon? Someone's friended one. No. Oh. Well, well, no, well, 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 there's that one, but there's all... Because friends do refer them in. Yeah. Uh, but there was also the thing that I, where the client said, well, I borrowed the money. I want to pay some of it back. Oh, that's good, yeah. And, and, and bec- or they want to be seen to be trying. Yeah. Um, because you, can't, you cannot uh, legislate for ethics and yeah, things morals, like that. Yeah, morals, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, than people who have. Penny to the pound. Hints and tips on how to budget. One of the biggest taboos at the moment is uh, how are these IVA sort of referrals coming in? So the FCA have banned packaging fees for FCA firms. What, what the F- FCA stands for? Financial Conduct Authority. Right. Uh, so they've banned packaging fees come October mm-hmm. uh, for any... Uh, you, you you cannot be paid by referring a client for a debt solution. So basically a packaging fee is like a referral fee. Yeah, like a referral fee, yeah. referring someone in. So one of the, the issues is, and, and the reasons behind it, is that they believe that people are being railroaded into IVAs and, and basically sold IVAs right. and not really selling the need, selling... Yeah, you know there is a television advert running for IVAs, isn't there? I imagine that. Are they allowed to advertise on yes. telly? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, and there are radio ads as well. Right. Okay. But but my, my my point being here now is that yes, there are marketing companies out there. There are packaging companies out there that sometimes won't do the right job, or they are railroading somebody into a into a debt solution mm. that really the other solution would have been better for mm-hmm. them. So it's a sort of commercial understanding but as an insolvency practice we have checks and measures in place anyway so ian when 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 a case is referred into us from an external party or 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 wherever can you just talk us through what sort of due diligence we do to ensure number one the clients in reasonable contemplation of an iva and and they fit that criteria uh what, what what how do we manage that well first of all one of the first questions we ask the client is has anybody told you what to say? Oh, wow, do you? Yes, we do. Wow, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. And the reason that you have to do that is that, of course, that then, yeah. uh, that, that, that then is uh, one of the classic things. Um, because if any, if, if any referrer is going to try to pull the wool over our eyes, mm. like, like, for example, they have a creditor on there, or they, 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 
sat next to them while they're no, on the no, phone. They have a cre- or they have a creditor on the list that they know votes against IBAs, and so yeah. all of a sudden it disappears from the list or something. Uh, just in case, we will, we want to make sure that there are no strokes being pulled. So we that's the first thing that we ask them. Has anybody has anybody just coached in, you in that what field? Do you do you how do you determine someone's capacity though? Do you have to check with them that they have the capacity to make a decision? Like, I mean, is that something you can do? Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. We, we well, we ask them all sorts of questions about their vulnerability. Right. Yep. In essence, anybody who is in debt that they cannot pay is to a certain degree vulnerable. Yeah, of course. So they, so you have to, um, you have to be alive to that, and you have to ask the ask certain questions as mm. to their vulnerability. Um, you then have to do certain, a lot of due diligence on the documentation that's been sent to you. Um, we check the bank statements to see that the income and expenditure actually stacks up, mm. because the the because the last thing that we want is an IVA that fails in month two. Yeah. We want IVAs that are going to work. And the only way you're going to get that is to show that they actually do qualify for an IVA and they're not, some, they're not something that's been dressed up to look mm. like it. It's, it's got a quack and it's got to be a duck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 that's, the way, that's the way that it works. So we do due diligence on the paperwork. We look at the bank statements. Yep. Um, we then ask them again, you know, we ask them about their assets. We ask them about the house, and we we, ex- we then explain to them. We go through all the options. Mm-hmm. We go through the various solutions are one doing nothing, which we don't recommend. Two informal agreement with the creditors. Three de- <clears throat> debt management plan. Four secured loan. Five bankruptcy. Six DRO. Seven IVA. We talk about the IVA last. Okay. Um, but the... Because ultimately it's not a sales pitch. It isn't a sales pitch. In fact, what it is, it's a structured discussion um, which is set out or we have to follow the rules in what's called a statement of insolvency practice, which is what our regulators yeah. um, put out. I mean, a lot of this language is quite, um, I don't know, uh, posh in a way. Yeah. But ultimately it's written in legislation. You know, you said the Insolvency Act of 1986. Yeah, that's that's legislation that's written in law, and it yeah. has to be written in a certain way. So there is a degree of you having to refer to things in a certain way. Yeah, but you can always sort of translate them into layman's yeah. terms. Yeah, well, we have our our, our regulatory bodies um, issue statements of insolvency practice, right? Which is effectively they set standards for us to work to. Okay, and so that's what we have to that's what we have to follow when we are. Uh, advising the clients. Yeah. So, you know, we, we put in all the checks and balances that we can. Okay, we might get one wrong now and again, but it's, uh, you know... It, it's, You've got it's, steps it's, to, it, to follow, and so it's, you know, and they are yeah. legal steps. And we recall we, we record all our calls. Mm-hmm. So, because in essence, you know, if somebody then says, well, you didn't tell me this, um, we can prove that they did. Yeah. Do you know what? This is, I, I could talk to you forever about this. I, I actually thought, am I going to be interested in this? But yes, I am. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's fascinating. And you know so much. Oh, I know a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel lucky to have it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, when, when we were looking um, 
for somebody to get involved with AFA. And so obviously, you know, we were growing fairly quickly and we needed somebody with the experience that Ian holds and has and, you know, his reputation as well, which is important. And yeah, you know, diamond guy, great guy. I just imagine, I don't know why I get this feeling that that you would treat people like you treat your kids, you know, like when they phone up and they need something. I just get that feeling from you that if it was your son or daughter, you'd want to deal with them in the same way, you know, professionally, obviously through legislation. I just get that feeling from you. Like I feel like I would be able to phone you and say, look, I I need this help. I don't know what to do. And you'd be able to tell me. Well, yes. And I like to sleep at night. Yes. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) So what got you into IVAZ? Like, why did you get involved? Uh, uh, well, it's like, um, I, I, I fell into insolvency 40 years ago. That's quite a fall. <laughs> what were you doing? No, I was when I when I say that I I went out. I, I was uh, the, the firm I was working for. My my office was one side of the corridor. The insolvency department was on the other side of the corridor. There were two people in it, and they got a job that came in that needed three people. Oh wow! So that's how actually how I actually uh, start got into it. What's the biggest debt you've had to deal with? The biggest debt. Um, uh, I suppose really, um, it's many, many years ago now, but, uh, it was the, the, and it's a, it was a corporate job. Oh. I, I worked on the color roll receivership. Okay. Have you? Is that a printer's? N- no, it oh. was, uh, it was color roll. It was a wallpaper manufacturer. Oh yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. But they had owned all sorts of other things like Edinburgh Crystal and places. Oh, stuff like, and they, so they had all, all these different businesses that we, so uh, yeah, so I ran a wallpaper factory out in Blackburn uh, for, wow. uh, for some time. So insolvency it's, itself has is, is, is been a very interesting line of work to be in yeah. because you uh, no two days are the same. And no two debt is the same. No. And situation that someone's in. Yeah, I mean, the vast majority of people that I've dealt with, with IBAs for, that I've done IBAs for, smashing people. You know, yeah. They're just... They're just regular people. And one, and one person's debt is so different to somebody else's. So I could have like two grand worth of debt and that could be the world to me, whereas yes. somebody else might have 20 grand yeah. and that's the world to them. And it's, it's relative, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the, more, the more that people owe, the less it seems to bother them. Yeah. How weird is that? That's so yeah. weird. I think we yes. live in a world as well where, um, you know, everybody expects to be able to go go to Dubai and have Gucci handbags, and you know, and and I don't know what how we've got that way. We're so materialistic, aren't we? In a way, but we all feel like we should be able to have it. Like I'll go to the Trafford Centre and see those yellow shopping bags and think, how have they afforded that? Yes. I can only just afford my McDonald's. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I just it, I can't get my head around that sometimes. I get, I do get that. Um, I remember there was once a debt management firm who. Uh, they they put out a series of TV ads uh, many many years ago. This was this was when before before debt management became actually popular, um, and um, you know you, you they had this they showed this person on the phone talking to them about all the debts and that. Then they put the phone down, and then the next thing is they're on the beach, and that's that. So that was it was so so corny, but that's what the that's. 
That's the the, mm, <laughs> I mean, just going back the to the the budgeting, obviously, which is the one of the key parts of the business, Fias, it's I suppose you actually do have to have some hard conversations with people about what they're spending money on. Absolutely, yeah. It's um again, it's a case by case basis, understanding someone's financial goal. And then if they're living beyond their means, then it's our job to tell them. It's a recipe for disaster, this. If you're gonna carry on, it's like if a doctor tells you to stop smoking, he's gonna tell you to stop smoking, mm. right? So we're pretty much the same. Yeah, but you can't force people either. No, you can't. You can advise them. Mm-hmm. You can say, look, this is this is what it's going to look like if you don't do it. This is how it's going to be if you if you carry on doing it. So the choice is yours. But prevention is better than cure. Absolutely. And that's, that's, you know, if it keeps me quiet. If, 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 if it keeps me quiet. If it keeps you sleeping at night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no, yeah. If, if you can avoid it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Snow, so, yes. You snore. You snore. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you? Probably, yes. <laughs> oh, that was so. I would love. I, honestly, can you come back again? Because oh, I, I think you, you, I, we we could talk about what would be great is anybody's got any questions to send in to you to ask you that be you know anonymous, non-judgmental questions about um, IVAs. And I do a Q and A session. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, that would be problem. absolutely amazing. Should we do that? Yeah, well, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Coming up on the next podcast, we are going to be talking to a member of your team, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to be speaking to Shaz, who's the budgeting manager in Clearstar, and he's on the ground uh, managing his team that deals with client ad hoc requests. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to speak to him. Follow, follow the journey of a client. Exactly, yeah. So we can see from start to where they are today yeah great all right then and if somebody has a question they can just send it in to us it's something that we can if we don't know about it there is somebody in the office who knows about it absolutely when it comes to budgeting yeah so if someone wants to get in touch to, uh, for the budgeting side of things it's clearstart.co.uk or if it's for IVAs and if you want to get through to Ian it's afainsolvency.co.uk Please tell your friends and family about Penny to the Pound podcast. Let them know it's available on all podcast platforms. And to keep up to date of when the next episode drops, like and subscribe. Before making any financial decisions, please seek independent advice. 